I'm writing this midweek because I just spoke to a friend who lives in the community of Wood Buffalo, Alberta, not far from Fort McMurray. You may have heard of Fort Mac. That's where the Alberta oil sands are. As of Tuesday night, all residents of Wood Buffalo were evacuated because of forest fires. There has been considerable wildfire destruction in Fort McMurray. On Wednesday, Bishop Paul Terrio of the Diocese of St. Paul in Alberta released a statement asking for prayers and announcing a second collection at all parishes in the diocese as a first step for the relief effort and support of those who will lose their homes. This, of course, is making me think of the refugee crisis. All of a sudden, in a matter of hours, my friend, his family, his neighbors, the whole town became refugees. They had to evacuate with whatever they could find, drive three hours away and spend the night in a community center. Who knows when they'll be able to return to their homes and whether they will have homes to return to. It's very sad that this has come so close to home for us, but for so many around the world, this is their normal state. For so many in the Middle East, this is a daily event. And we need to help. Just last week, the United Nations received hundreds of thousands of signatures calling for a declaration that genocide is occurring against Christians and other religious minorities. The United States State Department, the British House of Commons, and the European Union Parliament have already declared that a genocide is taking place against Christians and minorities in Iraq and Syria. And multiple United Nations advisory bodies have already stated that a genocide may be taking place. So let's pray for all refugees, for those suffering because of wildfires, and for those suffering persecution and war. Let's remember that we are all refugees on our way to heaven. I'm Deacon Pedro, and this is the Salt and Light Hour. Hello and welcome to the Salt and Light Hour. I'm Deacon Pedro and sitting here with me is Emily, Emily Callen. <laughs> so um, I'm not going to push this much more, maybe next week, but we're still looking for haiku for prayers. Haikus, right. I didn't receive any new ones, but there are some sorry, that we received. It's my fault. Is it? You didn't write one. But no, listen to this one because I've been looking at Psalms and, and Psalm 144. Yeah. Okay, this is almost word for word on this particular translation of the Psalm. Psalm 144, verse 2. The Lord is my love, my stronghold, and my savior. He is my fortress. That's like a what? perfect haiku. <laughs> my goodness. Almost word for word. I, yeah. I had to omit some things there. Okay. But the Lord is my love, my stronghold, and my savior. He is my fortress. That's Psalm 144, verse Man. 2. There you go. Maybe that'll encourage people to, uh, maybe that'll encourage Emily right. to write another Or they're haiku just going to go into the Psalms. Yes. You know? <laughs> Go into a Psalms and then just take out a word yeah. here and there and, yeah. and make there it make it five syllables and then seven syllables and then five syllables. Anyway, um, today we're going to have a pretty much normal show. After Emily does her news, uh, Jillian Cantor will be back. Very and nice. uh, she's going to tell us what she learned from her kids this month. And she has a surprise because there's a new member in her family. Oh, yay. Yes. And after that, on Connect 5, Sebastian Gomes will speak with Father Patrick Ryan. Now, Father Ryan is an Islamic expert. So they're going to be speaking about ISIS and Boko Haram, and it should be really wow, good, actually. I'm looking forward to that conversation. Yeah. In our second half hour, we're going to be speaking with Diana Von Glan. She's a filmmaker, and she's the producer of a series called The Faithful Traveler. Okay. Um, 
which we're going to be airing, uh, actually, we're going to be airing here on Salt of Light, a new miniseries that she's made called A Papal Pilgrimage in the Holy Land, which is kind of part of the Faithful Traveler uh, mm-hmm. brand. Right. A Papal Pilgrimage in the Holy Land, where she explores the history behind papal trips to the Holy Land. Anyway, she'll explain all that, so I don't <laughs> need to explain it right now. So that'll be in our second half. Um, and after that, we're going to be speaking with Rebecca Rubion. Yes. Don't you love her new she album? She has a beautiful, her voice is just yes. Ma- magical. Yes, it is. Yeah. And we love having Rebecca on the show. Um, usually we don't have the same artist twice in the same season, but we we spoke with Rebecca in October because mm-hmm. she was crowdfunding for this album and she had already recorded the, the title track, right. um, Sleepless Nights. So we played that in October, and now the album is completed. So so Rebecca will be back, and uh, we're going to talk to her about Sleepless Nights. That must Nights. be quite the journey as well. To yes. Complete, to complete an album. Absolutely. Like and and, uh, and as mm-hmm. you said, it's excellent. Um, uh, so we're going to start with the song uh, from that new album. Here's Rebecca Rubion with I'll Be All Right from her new album, Sleepless Nights. What if my plane don't land? What if my feet don't touch the moon's hand? This isn't what I planned. What if I never find a better man? Why do you?
That was Rebecca Rubion with I'll Be All Right from her new album, Sleepless Nights. And we're going to be speaking with Rebecca in our second half hour. And in about 10 minutes, what I learned from my kids with Jillian Cantor. But first, Emily is still here. So yes. we have some news. Yes, week. we have a few a few bits of news. Yes. Um, first of all, prayer intention for the month of May. Oh, the Pope yes. every month has mm-hmm. a prayer intention. And now, actually, um, I, since, I think since the beginning of the year, he started... Um, Doing, doing videos. these videos yes. with this prayer intention. That's so, right. I mean, we can't show you on the radio. <laughs> no, we can't. Um, but you can definitely check out uh, either our uh, our webpage or um, over the, Va- the Vatican's webpage. And, and they're up right now. So his prayer intention for mm-hmm. May is for women everywhere. Nice. And so the Pope has often spoken about women and their place in society and in the church and how and, and their value. Um, and especially in his latest exhortation on the family. Yes. Um, there's also a really cool thing that just came out in the... Osservatore Romano, which yes. is the Vatican newspaper, and they have a monthly section dedicated to women called Women, Church, World. And so this month's um, edition is on the visitation. Mm-hmm. It's uh, they, they tried to kind of like revamp it. So now it's like 40 pages printed all in color. And wow. and uh, it's women journalists who basically contribute to to this um to this section. So it was presented at the Vatican this week. Um, Cardinal Perlin, who is the Secretary um, of State, oh, see, um, yes. he, he was there as well to, to present it. Okay, and nice. it's available on the Vatican website in English oh, if that's you want good. to check it out. So oh, nice. that's pretty neat. So Vatican.va. Yeah, yes. exactly. Uh, second thing, I guess this is more of an announcement, but in the Year for Mercy, there's a lot of different um, events happening. Mm-hmm. And one of the jubilees that's going to happen more towards the end of the Jubilee Year of Mercy is in next October 2016. Yeah. There will be a pilgrimage um, organized by Fratello, which is an, orga- an association who helps those who live on the margins, margins or who help um, the homeless in the yeah. street. So there's going to be about 6,000 homeless from around the world um, who will come with whatever organization, I guess, that they... Um uh, that they work that for, they or work for or, yeah. yeah, and so they're going to come to go to Rome. There's going to be a prayer vigil. Um, they're going to get to pass the holy door, and there's going to be a meeting with the Pope. Nice. So that's pretty cool. I mean, it's it's kind of a a way to like finish the year in a bang, right? right. With uh, yeah, good. So that'll be in October. I'm sure we'll be able to cover that uh, somehow yeah. when we get to there. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Um, another thing too. So last Wednesday, uh, as usual, the Pope did his general audience. Yes. And he spoke about a theme that I guess we've, we've heard him talk a lot about, but about how, you know, we need to go to the peripheries, yes, yes. <laughs> how we need to go yes, out of mercy. our parishes, yes. you know. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. So he said, you know, mercy is, is basically the action plan of God. And so it should make us reevaluate the way that we live our, yeah. our own faith. Yeah. Um, you know, Jesus teaches us that no sheep should be lost. Yes. Um, and he, he assembles, you know, the 99 to go out for the to look for the one who is lost. And, and so the Pope really insisted that not one person should, you know, is ever definitely lost that there's always basically potential right Mm -hmm. um and everyone has values in the eyes of god he said that again and um yeah and so just to finish off i guess he he asked every every one of us to to just go out meet people and and have joy in being missionary and and not to renounce to uh to our brothers and sisters absolutely i like that i like that Mm -hmm. mercy is the action plan of god right that should be our action plan too right it's very good 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 um thank you 
Thank you. I, I think that we also wanted to remind people that to keep the people of Fort McMurray, of Fort McMurray and Wood Buffalo in their prayers. Yeah. Yeah. And the bishop, uh, Bishop of St. Paul in Alberta, you know, yes. gave uh, made a statement earlier this week, you know, yes. basically just thanking firefighters and, and right. you know, all the public authorities and everyone who just reached out and, and help each other to, yes. to ev- you know, during evacuation and, and made sure that no one was left behind. Yes, right? of course. Yeah, and that's um, yeah. I referred to that statement earlier. Yeah. Uh, so that we can continue to pray for them, and and uh, and I'm sure that we'll hear more in the next in the next couple of days, next week or so. Yeah. Um, all right. Thank you, Emily. Thank you, Pedro, Good. for having me. You can watch Emily and all our perspectives uh, team in English, French, Italian, and Chinese to get the latest updates uh, on what's happening in the Catholic Church. That's all on our website saltandlighttv.org and also on Roku. Hi, this is Father Rob Gallia and you're listening to the Salt and Light Hour with Deacon Pedro. I'm Deacon Pedro. You can find me on Facebook. You can also find me on Twitter at Deacon Pedro GM and, and I guess that's where you can send me a haiku prayer. Now it's time for What I Learned From My Kids with Jillian Cantor. Jillian, congratulations. <laughs> Thank you. There, last time we spoke, you were mother of baby number five. And now, now drum roll, you're mother of Jane Patricia. Yep, another little girl. So, like, you have been sitting around doing nothing, lots of yep. time to write haiku prayers. I've just been staring at my baby. <laughs> Actually, I have been just staring at my baby. That's the truth. <laughs> we uh, sit really? down a lot and stare at each other. Can I ask you about that? Because she's your fifth and yeah. people always say that, you know, like the first one, you spend a lot of time with that, you know, and the second one, yeah, the third one, fourth, fifth, by the time you're on the fifth, you're probably not, you know, this kid is just sitting around, lying around, yeah. being there, ignored. Yeah, it's definitely not. I do flash back to when I just had Joseph and I uh-huh. think to myself, I did not enjoy that to its full potential. And lots of people tell you at the time, like, oh, enjoy this. This yes. is a special time. And you... Because you don't really understand the fully understand the reality of what you're experiencing, you're just thinking that person's crazy because I'm so tired I can't enjoy this. Uh-huh. But now looking back, I think, oh yeah, they were totally right. <laughs> it's a very special, unique time because you have that those moments to just sit and stare at your baby and just and and take care of yourself too. <laughs> and well, now but- when you have five. You don't necessarily have all the time. Um, well, exactly. What somebody said to me was the last pregnancy, or the last when I had uh, Clara, my fourth. Yes. And I was lamenting that I don't have time to just look at her, and I feel so sad about that. And she said, you might not have time to look at her, but there are three other people who are looking at her. And she was right, Aww. because our kids really do love babies, and they're so kind and sweet. And they will, like Annie, who's just three, will happily sit with the pillow on her lap and Jane on the pillow and just stare at her. And so, you know, I do have those moments where I can run and do a quick chore and she is quite content to hold the baby. Yes. So it's not me maybe looking at her, but someone is there. Someone is loving her and enjoying all her newborn moments. Yes. So. Sounds like there's a lesson right there. I know. I, yeah. But <laughs> I remember one other time after I'd had a baby and we did this show and I think my lesson was throw away your to-do lists. Yes. And that's all I could think of when I was trying to come up with something for this episode. I'm like, I don't have time to think about this, I, but it's on my to-do list, but I've thrown out my to-do list and I don't know what, but yeah, there is, yeah. <laughs> no, that's good because, and, and, and uh, you can throw, I'm going to, I'm going to help you here because you can throw out your to-do list because you have 
four little helpers. <laughs> Their to-do lists are different than mine. <laughs> well, yes, but but the fact that you you know, like I would be terrified to leave a newborn in the hands of a three-year-old. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe I should be. Maybe it's really poor judgment if somebody is going to call somebody on me. But <laughs> oh no, this is terrible. <laughs> so you can go to the bathroom, you know, at least. <laughs> yeah. So so you haven't you've been staring at Jane Patricia and you haven't written a haiku prayer. <laughs> is that what you're? This is all about that. That is true. I am very sorry. <laughs> okay, then then tell me about the name Jane because I didn't know what that means. Yes, yeah, so we um, were very convinced we were having a boy, so we didn't have any girl names ready. <laughs> um, we had a list, but nothing was really sticking, and we hadn't obviously settled on anyone in particular. And so uh, after she was born, we were kind of trying to think of okay, what who's this the today's saint and. Um, I can't even remember if there was one or if it was just a really out there name. It would be like, okay, well, we can't name our child yeah. that. And then Chrysogenous. Pardon me? Chrysogenous. Yeah, that's not Something her name. Something like that, yeah, no. <laughs> um, remembering that this is the year of mercy, I said, well, is there any name that means, what ne- means mercy or merciful or something like that? Yeah. And so I looked up Jane first. That was the first one that came to me. So I looked it up and it means God is merciful. Okay, but you knew that Jane had something to do with mercy already? I didn't know. I just picked it out of the list and looked it up. Oh, and it just happened to mean God is merciful. It just happened to mean God is merciful. And so in my post-birthing emotional state, I looked at David (laughs) with tears in my eyes and I said, well, that's it. She's Jane. And Patricia is the name of my paternal grandmother. Right. So we have a little yes. bit of grandma in our baby. Yes, God is merciful. Right. Yeah. And you were telling me, I think last time we spoke, that also that you were praying for mercy. Yes, and patience, and, and a pa- whole yes. lot of other stuff. <laughs> so I just, I felt like it is a special year, this year of mercy. And, you know, when I think of mercy, sometimes I can't even properly define it. Mm-hmm. And... And that seems problematic to me. It's like I have a lot of work to do on myself in terms of understanding and embracing and and um, just experiencing mercy. Yes. So I love that that's her name because it will always remind me of this time. And <laughs> and there's this little squawk. There she is. Um, and and just to keep working on that. Um, so yes. I was. We took her into um, my five-year-old's. Uh, kindergarten class for show yes. and tell. And I... <laughs> <laughs> he took his little baby sister for show and tell. Good. Yeah. Okay. And she survived. She did great. Mm-hmm. Um, and the teacher asked the same question in front of the whole class. What's her name and why did you give her that name? And so I explained that story. And as I was talking to the kids, I was realizing that's a complicated... <laughs> yeah. <laughs> ...to say that means God is merciful. Well, to them, what does that even mean? And then I realized, to me, what does that even mean? Mm-hmm. So, yeah, she's just a... We'll study that as I study her eyes, as I sit, sit as and stare, you stare at her. As you stare at her, because you have nothing <laughs> oh. else to do. Well, the oh, other yeah. children starve, <laughs> and you stare at her. We're working on it. Um, but something else I just wanted to share yeah. is that as we um, present ourselves to the neighborhood and to the people at swimming lessons and gymnastics class, I walk in there with all these kids, and, yeah. and I hear a lot from moms about, oh, I don't know how you do it, and I could never have done that, and that's amazing, you must be so busy. And I always, I cringe a little because I never want to negate the busyness of a mom of one child or two children. Yes. Whatever stage you're at, there are times when it's overwhelming and there's times when it's amazing. And so so I 
I try to brush it off as much as possible and just say, oh, you know, the older ones are very helpful and yes. and just make it seem, I don't, I never at any point do I want anyone to think that's a super mom because they're, I, I know that I'm not and I know that I crumble and, and right. then I, there are times when it's really good and everything is coming together. Um, and so, so yeah, so I just try to, to push that aside. One mom said to me, um, she, uh, she said, I'm going to send my husband to see you uh, <laughs> because she wanted to have more children, but he's uncertain. And so, um, and so she said, I want my husband to talk to you and to know all of your secrets. And I said, my secret is I don't have any secrets. No. And it's really the truth. It's just kind of a day by day, figure it out as we go. Um, and I, and I really, you know, pray for those women who say that too, because yes. I want them to know that, you know, we're all struggling and we're all, we have moments of survival and moments of success and but they're all beautiful moments and so we just need to embrace them <laughs> we do and that's a good lesson right there so maybe you should stop you know wearing all your makeup and having your hair done and, and high heels <laughs> and a mini you skirt when you now. go into <laughs> oh my god <laughs> yeah no we 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 don't we we know what uh, what uh, new newborn mothers look like um thank you jillian for talking and i just to have us today. one last thing to say. oh yes you do one very last thing I said I didn't prepare, but now I'm like, I can't stop talking. Um, there I'm talking is a to psalm. adults. I'm talking to adults. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> there is a psalm that I stumbled upon the other day, and it says, let them sing for joy upon their couches. And I'm fairly certain that the psalmist did not mean a couch as a piece of furniture. Yes. But I am going to run with that. And so as much time as I'm sitting on the couch and not getting things done off my to-do list, and I see my kids running around and maybe not being the best uh, behaviors, I will think to myself, let them sing for joy upon my couch, <laughs> because that's, that's as much as I can do some days. So That's great. And let them sing for joy is five syllables. Oh so goodness. there you go. <laughs> Always with the haiku. Always. It <laughs> haunts me now. Anyway, welcome to the world, Jane Patricia, and congratulations, Jillian. Thank you so much. Thank you. Jillian Cantor is the producer of the Salt and Light TV program, Mothering Full of Grace, and she's the wife of David and the mother of Joseph, Henry, Annie, Clara, and Jane Patricia. Hi, I'm Emma Fred, and you're listening to the Salt and Light Hour with Deacon Petra. How are you going to spend the next five minutes of your time? How about listening in, meeting a fascinating person, and learning something relevant that will broaden your perspective? Sit down with Sebastian Gomes and go straight to the heart of the matter. Here's Connect Five. Today, Sebastian speaks with Arabic and Islamic studies expert, Father Patrick Ryan. They speak about ISIS and Boko Haram and how Western nations should respond to Islamic extremism. Father, people in our part of the world, when we hear about Islam, we often hear about two very extreme examples of it, uh, specifically what's happening with ISIS in Iraq and Syria and also what happens with Boko Haram in Nigeria. Now, those are obviously two very different groups of people, both ethnically, religiously. Um, what are the main differences that we need to, to acknowledge when we're talking about those groups of people, but also what are the similarities in the way that Islam is expressed by those groups of people? Well, they're both Sunni Muslims, uh, but the, and recently Boko Haram has declared its allegiance to ISIS. So uh, uh, what that means, since they're rather distant from each other, uh, there is an in-between branch apparently in uh, in uh, Libya, but I, I think uh, what the main connection is through the internet. Uh, the, uh, uh, basically, I think uh, 
Boko Haram's situation is, it, it, it arises out of Nigeria's neglect of its northeast. The northeast is not a center or a source of anything uh, that the market needs. But also, I think Boko Haram has some connection with uh, a somewhat fanatic movement that uh, rose, in, uh, well, for the last time, uh, basically in the 1980s, the early 1980s. A lot of it was uh, appealed to people who were not adequately educated to participate in the modern economy, people who had spent their childhood in Quran schools, had learned to recite the Quran, but could not get a job doing anything except be a night watchman. And uh, that, that was the, the, so this, that's the situation there. The situation of ISIS in, in uh, Iraq and Syria is precisely uh, the disenfranchisement of the Sunni Arabs, uh, both in Syria, where 70% uh, of the population and where the, the Alawi government has ignored them for years, and in uh, Iraq, where the Sunni Arabs are 20% of the population. The Sunni Kurds are another 20%, but they're at each other's uh, throats. Uh, and the Shiites have come to dominate what was once the capital of the Sunni Caliphate, Baghdad. We were speaking about um, the Western world's approach to Islam and specifically politically, yeah. what that looks like. Uh, what would a good foreign policy look like uh, from a country like the United States or Canada uh, concerning the Middle East or what's happening in parts of Africa with extremist Islam? The reform of education in all these areas, better education for everybody, education that will lead people to employment, that will lead people to, uh, to a more rational understanding of each other, uh, of their faith traditions. I, I, I feel there's been a terrible decay in education, certainly in, uh, in Nigeria, in uh, rural Nigeria. The quality of schools has gone way down, especially since they were taken away from uh, the missions or even from Muslim educational associations. And the government took them over and uh, ruined them, basically, uh, after the Civil War, which ended in 1970. Uh, the, uh, uh, the situation in the, of the Christian minorities in, uh, in Syria and Iraq uh, is tragic. Uh, not only Christian, but also other minorities like the Yazidis. Uh, they, have, uh, they have very little uh, uh, chance at representation now that they have been minoritized. In the old Ottoman Empire, every minority had its uh, head of its community, not a geographical head, but a sort of spiritual head who could uh, get to the court of the sultan and complain, or to the local governor more likely, and uh, to complain about mistreatment. The, the Ottoman Empire was made up of many different groups. The Ottomans themselves were Sunni Muslims, but they realized they had a lot of Shiites, they had Yazidis, they had uh, Alawis, they had Christians of various sorts. But the Ottomans were more conscious of that, I think, than, uh, than have been the modern states. You create modern states and you say majority rule, and that means to hell with the minority. That was Sebastian Gomes speaking with Father Patrick Ryan. You can watch this and more interviews at saltandlighttv.org slash connect5 and also on our Roku channel. Coming up in our second half hour, papal pilgrimages to the Holy Land 
and a featured chat with Rebecca Rubion. So don't go anywhere. Hello and welcome to the Salt and Light Hour Part 2. I'm Deacon Pedro. The Faithful Traveler is a travel series unlike any other since it focuses on sacred sites around the world. It is produced by husband and wife team David and Diana von Glan. The first broadcast was on EWTN in 2010, where the show explored shrines in the eastern United States. Then between 2011 and 2014, Diana and David produced The Faithful Traveler in the Holy Land. That same year, they began production for another Holy Land series, this one focusing on papal travels to the Holy Land. And that three-part series is now airing on various Catholic networks around North America and will be airing on Salt and Light TV this month. And to tell us more, I am now joined by Diana von Glan. Diana, welcome to the Salt and Light Hour. Thank you for having me, Deacon. So tell me, how did this idea of the Faithful Traveler begin originally? Well, I am a cradle Catholic, and my husband is a convert. Uh-huh. And so uh, as we were dating, you know, I was introducing him to the beautiful things of our, our church. We we started dating in New York City. And yeah. um, as we were planning our honeymoon, um, I started planning a mixture of both, you know, Catholic travel and touristy travel. Okay. And we were watching a lot of the travel channel at the time, and, and we started talking, like, wouldn't it be great if there was a, a television show that was as good as what we saw on the travel channel, but that went to Catholic places, you know, and right. that didn't talk about Catholics like we were crazy, you know? Uh-huh. <laughs> because yes. sometimes they yes. do go to Catholic places, but they, like, gloss over things, yes. or they're like, yes. yeah, supposedly this happened here. And yes. So um, when we went on our honeymoon, we just kind of, you know, pretended like we were on TV, and then uh, we came back and we thought, you know what, let's do this ourselves. So it was just around the time that, um, you know, prosumer equipment started coming out where it was, it was a good quality, but it wasn't too expensive. And so we bought some equipment and we taught ourselves how to use it. And, um, and then the, you know, we started producing series. And as you mentioned, our first series was in the United States. We kind of stuck close to home. Um, so you know, we both have full-time jobs, which is how we pay for the series. And so we, um, you know, we didn't have a wow. lot of money to spend. Okay, so I was going to ask you about that. So you're yeah. not filmmaker, like, you're not, you're not like filmmakers. This is not your profession necessarily. You are doing this as a side project. Yeah, I wow. was an English major and I have a law degree. Uh, yeah. <laughs> you know, and David, David actually did study, um, he studied production at Syracuse's um, school. Yeah. But he studied back when they used film. So, yes. <laughs> you know, Things like have changed. It yes. Touched it. Um, but, you know, the world is very different. So yeah. we had to learn. I taught myself, like, I didn't know any of this stuff. Um, but, you know, for me, it's essentially just storytelling. And yes. as a cradle Catholic, it's just telling the stories about our faith that, you know, I have grown up knowing. So it's very easy for me. Um, and I actually, I, I love doing this stuff because it's just, we have such a beautiful, yeah. we have so many beautiful traditions and so many beautiful places in our church. And so I love sharing them with people. Of course. Now, it, it's, uh, it seems to me that it's more than just a little hobby that you do a TV show, but it feels like ministry at some level. There's a mission to what you're doing. Well, our mission is really to share um, 
the beautiful things about our church to encourage people to visit these places uh-huh. because, you know, if people don't go, they close down. And, I mean, we just right. learned about this yesterday here in the Archdiocese of Philadelphia. The National Shrine of St. Catherine Drexel announced that they were going to be selling really? the shrine because, you know, they can't afford to keep it open. Really? And and that's kind of what we try to do is we try to tell people, look, we have these beautiful places here in the United States and around the world, and if we don't go visit them, then they will close down because, you know, it takes money to run things. Uh-huh. So, yeah. Wow. So then the original series you mentioned was focusing on shrines in the eastern United States. Yes, eastern because we live in the Philadelphia yes. area. So, you know, we drove everywhere and right. we, we stayed close to home. But we went to places like um, New York City's St. Patrick's Cathedral and the Cathedral Basilica of the Sacred Heart in Newark, New Jersey. We visited four of the five shrines here in Philadelphia. Mm-hmm. We went down to Baltimore and visited some places. And originally our goal was to tell people, you can go on pilgrimage in your own backyard. Yeah. You know, you don't have to go to the Holy Land. You don't have to go to Rome. You can go to New York City or Philadelphia or, you know, and there are so many beautiful sacred sites, yes. you know, around the world, in Canada and in, and in the United mm-hmm. States, and, you know, that people can go to. So that's what, what our original goal was. Um, and then we got invited to the Holy Land. <laughs> yes, tell me about that. I was going to ask you about that. How did you end up doing the, papal, the, the Holy Land, the faithful traveler in the Holy Land? Well, we thought around the time that the show was going to die because, you know, everybody wanted more, but producing a travel show is expensive, expensive and nobody could help us pay for it. Mm-hmm. So we were just kind of praying and thinking, okay, well, that's it. And uh, and then we were, the Archdiocese of Philadelphia had organized um, a pilgrimage to the Holy Land with Cardinal Regali, who was yes. our, um, our archbishop at the time. And mm-hmm. the company that organized it, Select International Tours, wanted to hire someone to document it. Ah. And so they contacted us and I said, you know, look, I, I have a television series and, you know, we can kind of put two and two together. And Perfect. so that was how the series was created. We filmed the pilgrimage. Um, we had never done anything like that before. And it was very, um, it was crazy. Yeah, <laughs> but of course. It was fun. And it was a, it was such a blessing to be yeah. in the Holy Land. So then how did the, the papal pilgrimage edition come about? Well, then the Israel Ministry of Tourism saw our Holy Land series, and they thought it was really great. And they, um, you know, the the Holy Father was planning his pilgrimage to the Holy Land, and the ministry reached out to us and said, you know, what, would you like to film the Holy Father? And I was like, yeah, but, you know, I, I can't afford it. <laughs> right. And they, they sponsored us. Um, so the Israel Ministry of Tourism sponsored our trip to Israel. So that's the when, Jordan sorry, Tourism Board that's sent when, us to Jordan. Sorry, that's when Benedict was going? No, that's when this Holy Pope, uh, Pope Francis, Pope Francis was going. In, two, in May of 2014. So just, re- yeah, okay. Yeah, did I say Benedict? Sorry. No, 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 you didn't. I was just trying to f- figure out which Pope we were talking about. Oh, yeah, no, yeah. just the recent Pope. Yes. Um, and so then we had some friends in Bethlehem who sponsored our trip there, and so okay. we spent some time out in the Holy Land kind of documenting that, that, that uh, experience. Yeah, beautiful. Now, you've obviously had already been to the Holy Land. You've already done your pilgrimage. It's not the same doing a pilgrimage when you're trying to film stuff. But how was it exploring the Holy Land, looking at it through the lens of a papal visit? It was... It, <laughs> I ha- you know, we don't normally follow events, so it was very unusual for us right. to do. Um, I, you know, we're not journalists, like we don't follow the big things. So it was a big learning experience for yes. me to see what these people go through. And I, mm-hmm. I don't ever want to do it again because it was just crazy. Um, it was fun. It was very exhilarating. But there is a lot of planning and a lot of stuff that has to happen beforehand to get access to all of these things. And, um, but, you know, it, 
it was such a historic, monumental event, um, and we felt very blessed to be able to, you know, to document parts of it. Right. So for people who are interested in watching this new three-part series, what is the focus? Because you're not, are you just following the, the Pope Francis's visit, or is it, or is it more to what you're looking at? It's a little bit, we did three things with the show, because like I said, we weren't, we weren't able to follow everything that the Holy Father yeah. did. Um, we went to two of his events the Papal Mass in Bethlehem, yes. and then the presidential visit at um, Shimon Perez's house. Yes. Wow. But um, So what we did was, first we, we tried to explain why the Holy Father was there. Mm-hmm. He was commemorating the 50th anniversary of Pope Paul VI's oh, yeah. uh, visit with Athenagoras uh, 50 years ago. Yes. So we wanted to explain what that was all about. Um, why it was important. We wanted to talk about the history of papal pilgrimages, the fact that um, since St. Peter left the Holy Land, it took like, you know, 1,950 years later (laughs) for another pope to go back to the Holy Land. So that's kind of crazy. Yes. And then we wanted to talk about, you know, Pope Pope St. John Paul II's visit, Pope Benedict XVI and Pope Francis's. We wanted to visit some of the sites that they all visited and explain what was there and why they were important. And then we wanted to meet some of the people who live in the Holy Land to tell people here, you know, that life in the Holy Land out there is not a is not what the news portrays. Yes. Um, you know, important. that it, it's yes. actually pretty normal, and it's it's a wonderful thing. So yes. we wanted to encourage people to visit as well. Great. So it's a little bit travel show, a little bit history channel, a little bit meeting living stones in the Holy Land, and a little bit papal journey. Exactly, yeah. <laughs> okay, good. So um, thank you for sharing about it with us today. Thank you for doing what you're doing, and I hope that it's the year of mercy, so I'm sure that you're doing uh, working on the travel show, going through doors of mercy. <laughs> <laughs> I wish I could, but you know what? We're actually working on um, we're work. Our next series is going to be on the sacred sites in Portugal, oh, and we've nice. got the hundredth anniversary of Our Lady. Oh, of, of course, Mark next year. Up. Yeah. Oh, yeah. good. Well, maybe I'll come with you. Oh, that would be great. Be We've fun. got a pilgrimage in in June of next year. Oh, um, you know that it's yes. going to be crazy, and they're very excited to welcome pilgrims from around the world. Yes, they are. Okay, well, we're looking forward to to seeing the result of that. Diana, thank you for what you're doing, and uh, good luck with the rest of uh, your production. Thank you so much. Diana Von Glan is the producer and host of the Faithful Traveler series, a series that she created and produced with her husband, David. You can learn more about the Faithful Traveler and the new series, A Papal Pilgrimage in the Holy Land, at their website, thefaithfultraveler.com. The series is airing on various Catholic networks in the United States, Catholic TV in Boston, KNX TV in Los Angeles, and EWTN. You can check out their schedules for details. And The Faithful Traveler, A Papal Pilgrimage in the Holy Land, will be airing on Salt and Light Television on Wednesdays, 8 p.m. Eastern, starting on May 18th. The second episode, May 25th, and the last one on June 1st. They're all at 8 p.m. Eastern. You can check our broadcast schedule and watch it live on the internet if you're outside our broadcast uh, area at saltandlighttv.org. Here now is our featured artist of the week, Rebecca Rubion, with Tiny Carr from her new album, Sleepless Nights. I'd shoot right to the star I know by name If I had a bottle and a bit of ocean I'd send out a message with scratch-outs except the words I miss and you If I could go 
trick on me And I ran so far away This time I'd stay That was Rebecca Rubion with Tiny Car from her new album, Sleepless Nights. Now, last we heard from Rebecca Rubion, it was last October, and she was working on this new album, Sleepless Nights. Um, she had the title track already done and was releasing it as a single, and we got to play it on the show, which is why we haven't played it this time. So if you want to hear it, you'll have to listen to our October 24th, 2015 edition of the Salt and Light Hour. But Rebecca's album, Sleepless Night, is now completed. And this is her first ever full-length album album, and was made thanks to a very successful crowdfunding campaign. And so to tell us more, I am very happy to welcome Rebecca Rubion back to the Salt and Light Hour. Welcome back, Rebecca. Hi, Kitty and Pega. It's good to be on the live hour. So, so tell me something. Um, what for you is new about this album? For me, um, the newest thing other than of course the new songs is just the direction we took it in we we had a lot of fun and did um some really cool drum beats uh -huh. and it's very rhythmic and um we did a big vocal um i did a lot i think lincoln Parrish, the producer really pushed the yeah. envelope with me and um really brought out a lot of my soul so yeah, yeah. so when you say we you mean you and the producer correct and do you work with, like, session musicians, or do you have a band that you work with? Uh, both. I have a band that I play out uh, with in yeah. town and um, close around Nashville. And then I do have session players that I book, and it's kind of a different thing. A lot of them can do both and do both really well. We live in Music City, so yeah. there's not a shortage of talent no. here. but. Yeah, uh, a little bit of both, I'd Yeah. Say. Now, when we say that it's a full-length album. I mean, it's not your first album, so the fact that it's full-length just means that there are more than 
five songs? Like how do, how do you? Correct. Yeah, is that what it is? Yes. Yeah, so an EP is just short for extended play, yes. and usually it's anywhere from four to six songs. And I have two of those out. Yeah. And then we did the Christmas album. Yes. Uh, which was ten or eleven, or no, it was eight songs. And yes. So this is the longest album um, yeah. that I've done. It's ten songs, and I'm really excited about the cohesive project. Yeah. Okay. So I want to ask you about that. So so. And and uh, and I don't know if this is when I ask you why you call it sleepless nights. But so what what would be the theme for you that that is kind of the, that cohesive element between all the songs? I think that being in my twenties and later in my twenties, there's a lot of um, just unrest about where I'm headed, and yeah, I think a lot of my friends can relate to that. Just a lot of questions and. What is my vocation? Where is my career going? Where do I want to go? What are my goals in life? And um, a lot of this album was written before I met my now fiance, Chris. Yes. And so I just, I had a lot of questions for God. It's like, where is my life going and who am I? So that would be the theme. Okay, yes. And because I do sense the restlessness in the songs. And mm-hmm. and I and I and I was worried. <laughs> Sorry, she's just getting married, and and she's all restless. But so the fact that you wrote a lot of these songs before makes sense. Um, it's not that you've been spending a lot of sleepless nights recently. Well, I have, ironically, now because I'm planning a wedding. Yes, putting out an album. Just bought a new house. <laughs> oh wow! So um, it's been it's been quite roller coaster lately and yeah. so I I just keep laughing because I'm like oh literally sleepless nights right now <laughs> yes but all good things for sure yeah well tell me a little bit about some of the songs that like we've heard um tiny car just now but in it you say I want to fly or, or so we can fly to a place where we can begin again again I think there's that restlessness there yeah. um, um mm-hmm. I'll be all right we heard at the beginning of the program what if what if I never find a better man? I'll mm-hmm. be all right. And then, you know, another song that I love, and we're going to play at the end of the show, Sometime, Sometimes, Sometimes It Just Takes Some Time. Yes. There's, there's, what are these songs about? It sounds like breakups <laughs> and, and love that's been, you know, broken hearts. Mm-hmm. Well, Tiny Car, I was listening to, thanks not to actually, for singing in so it was kind of inspired by that era of music and I used a lot of the chords that that he uses um and I kind of started writing about this idea of flying to a new place and I was coming out of a different relationship at that time yes and so that's kind of I, I was in this really beautiful place of just healing and um just starting starting over and then with I'll be all right um that sounds definitely about just all those questions I was describing earlier just what if this happens or what if that never happens yes uh what if I never find a better man you know um but then the chorus is just like that hope and I think the theme of the album is that the tug of war between fear and hope and definitely as Catholic Christians we have our hope in Christ and our our good Heavenly Father who has a perfect plan for our lives. So yeah. um, that's why I put that chorus in there because 
things yes. always have a way of working out, you know? That's true. And sometimes it just takes some time. <laughs> yes, that's true. And, and, and we forget that, that time, mm-hmm. healing needs time. Um, do you feel that, I mean, obviously you're in your, in your 20s, you're just starting your new life, you're getting married on May 21st, um, but a lot of young people are in that, that stage of life where mm-hmm. they might feel insecure. Is this album for them, or do you think this album has a greater audience? I think it has a greater audience, um, but definitely I think that those people who are, no matter how old they are, just kind of in a state in life where they're in between uh, uh-huh. or they feel like they don't have much direction. Yeah. And I think we're all trying to figure out who we are as life goes on, mm-hmm. you know, because we're constantly changing and growing. Uh, so I do think that this album is, it, it, a lot of young 20, 20-year-olds will relate to it, but it is really for anyone. And then it's also, it's also a lot of fun. Too. Yes, um, it is. And so, especially compared to what I've done in the past, we just had a lot of fun with these songs. Some of them have a lot of deep, deep content, but it's just easy listening and it's a lot of fun to listen to. Yeah, so it's it really for everyone. Yeah, that's true. It is a lot of fun. And it's not your, your typical sort of, you know, like it's not praise and worship or prayer songs. I mean, these are songs about real people and real situations. It's earthy, I think I would yes. call it. It's like real. Thank you. Yeah. Um, you, you told me a, a little earlier that you are already thinking about what's next. So what's next? Well, uh, after I get married on May 21st, we're going to take the summer to really just build our home and um, enjoy newlywed life and um, just take some time to to be husband and wife and to really live that out and experience that newness. Um, But I do have a vision for my next project already, and that is to record uh, my my dream is to record a couple of songs that didn't make this record, right. um, but that are near and dear to my heart, and to record them live to tape. Oh, nice. So kind of like in the olden days yes. when they had records, and um, they did everything to tape live, and yes. just kind of have that organic feel to it. So... That's what I'm thinking. Oh, good. That's cool. And you know what? I think that there is a quality to even the stuff that you've done in the studio that has that quality. I've always Thank thought you. that there's there's that sort of not just tiny car that you said was inspired, you know, by Frank Sinatra. Like that sound that there's something about it that it's like I can see her kind of with the old microphone and the mm. big band in the back. That was, so that would be very cool. Um, Thank you. We're gonna leave it there. I know you're busy planning a wedding, so I'll let you go. <laughs> Um, but congratulations to you and Chris. All the best, and we'll keep you, in, you. We'll keep you both in our in our prayers. Please do, and God bless. Thank you for your ministry. You're welcome. You can learn more about Rebecca Rubion and uh, to purchase her album Sleepless Nights at her website, RebeccaRubion.com. And here now is Rebecca with that song that we were talking about sometimes from this new album, Sleepless Nights. Waiting on tidal wave to come take me. I've been stuck in in between. 
of a raging sea, afraid of reaching out, but lately I've been waiting whether to drown or find safety, but sometimes it just takes some time. We're listening to Rebecca Rubion with Sometimes from her album Sleepless Nights. Yes, and that's all for today. Maybe just a quick note. I think I'm going to be listening to Rebecca for a little while. Oh, good. Yes. <laughs> I'll be definitely keeping her in my playlist. Absolutely. So, yeah, so that is all for today. Thanks for being with us and for writing. Remember to send us haiku prayers. Yes. Right? Yes. Uh, remember, it's five syllables, five, then seven then syllables, seven. and then five. So yes. we'll read whatever you send right here on the air. Yes, absolutely. And the best way to send that is to me through Twitter at Deacon Pedro GM. You can also look for me on Facebook. And when you're there, of course, send the haiku prayer, but say hello. Um, we also want to thank you for your financial support. What we do here takes money, so we're very grateful for your support. And while you're thinking about that, please consider becoming a Salt and Light monthly donor through our Guardians program, and that will guarantee us a predictable inc income, which is so important in our planning for next year. And good news, if you're in the United States, you can now donate to us in Canada. It's very easy. You can find out how to do that at our website, saltandlighttv.org, or you can write to me to ask. Yes. So thanks for considering that when you're making your charitable contributions. And thank you for being with us for this hour. I'm Emily Callan. And I'm Deacon Pedro. And as Emily said, this has been the Salt and Light Hour. These days are nights are filled with endless fighting. I toss and turn into oblivion. You say that I'm a fool and I say you're ridiculous. I'd rather forget it and just have some fun. If we're gonna be old till sunrise, hang up your telephone. What's life worth living if we're together and feeling alone? I'm tired of sleepless nights. I'm tired of sleepless nights. Don't want another restless fight. We can go to bed when we're dead, so stay up and dance with me. Hand and 
Your telephone. It's a life from. Th- 